Hey, you might hear that jingle jangle. That's my two champion rings. This is Stuart, your 2016 and 17 champion, and you're listening to the Podcast. And now, your Family Matters Fantasy Football Podcast with your league commissioners, David, Jonathan, and Stuart. Someone Man, I is upset. excited. I was Ex- upset that when we recorded that. I just I took it as excitement. You just yeah. couldn't contain yourself. No, I couldn't. Hey, you guys are both above five hundred. You should be excited. I am below that number. Uh hey, I should maybe welcome everyone to the show. Um we've got a full uh staff here today. Evening. Yeah, the re- the regular crew. That's right. The commissioner's back. Evening. Now we have t- now now we have two commissioners on the show. Yes. yes. Guys, uh, y'all did a great job of holding down the fort, you know, while I was gone. Um, you know, I'm I'm pleased to see that it took two people to replace me. Um, <laughs> so, you know, good job, Bryce. Good job, Ryan. Um, I can't even remember if Joey was on or not. So, if you were Joey, my apologies. Joey was well, on. Well, and we missed a week too last week, and we, didn't even, we didn't even mention it. It's like I, it just you know I think the show got canceled. Honestly, you know I haven't been yeah. here in two weeks. You know Jonathan's got kids. I just I didn't I, know. I, I, Jonathan probably doesn't even know what day it is. Actually, that's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> I was talking about we missed. I was Wait. talking to my kids earlier, and they and I, when I tucked them in the night, I was like, I'll come lay with you after the podcast here. And they were like, does anyone actually listen to the podcast? <laughs> and I, I, I was like, yeah, somebody from Germany. <laughs> and they were like, well, how do they have lines that go underground to Germany? Oh, gosh. Yeah. What a great question to answer. Yeah. So I'm uh, glad to be here. Glad to be back. Thank you all for at least doing one episode. Of course. Uh, this is a Saturday, but, you know, better late than never, right? It is. He's got everyone in this league should just be thankful. I don't want to hear any of these. Oh, hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. Saturday. When am I going to listen? You know what? You also just be thankful that you get it. Jonathan, it hey, looks like he's, you know, the walking dead right now. If you would like, hey, if you're listening and you would like to just come to my house and pick up all the equipment and run the show on your own, you're more than welcome to. I am. Yes. Yeah. I will, I will toss it over to you. Um, no, I. I, it's funny that you said that, Stuart. Every day feels the exact same. So I to say that we're in week six is kind of weird. I, yeah. I don't even know. So yeah, I it's. I think I text you guys uh, today, and we got it. We got it lined up. But I'm. I, I honestly was like, I just forgot to text you guys last week, and all of a sudden <laughs> it was Sunday, and I was like, well, I guess we're not doing a podcast. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that plus, I didn't know where David was. He just was MIA for forever. Yeah, I was out of town one weekend. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, that's unacceptable. Well, I actually you, been out of town this week too. So did you did you hear us stumble through picks of the week and power oh, rankings? We had I nothing did. to reference. Yeah, y'all did. Uh, y'all y'all tried. Yeah. Hmm, I don't even know if you could say that. I think we just said, "Hey, whoever's on this call." So I hope you're okay with the fact that we turned your uh, your picks of the week over to Bryce. I don't know how well he did. We'll go over that later, but uh, we just yeah, made yeah, a call on the fly. I just I laughed. 
Oh, okay. Well, there you go, Bryce. Take that personally like you do with everything else and move on. Um, <laughs> cool. Well, it's been a couple weeks. What do you what do you guys want to start? Do you guys want to talk about this last week? Do you guys want to talk about week four at all? I don't even remember week four. I hardly remember week five. I think I've made that abundantly clear. Uh, I guess I lost to Bryce. I'll tell you this. Here's another reason why I don't understand. Like everything feels the same. The last two weeks, I've made the same mistake in starting the wrong quarterback, and it pretty much cost me two wins. Um, so yeah, I feel like I'm in Groundhog's Day. But well, yeah. Week- why don't Why don't we recap the week? We didn't actually. We actually made picks of the week last week, and we never got on a oh, show to actually enter. <laughs> So we actually did text last week, and then we just never got a time for whatever reason. We just never set up an actual show. So we'll actually reveal who we picked, and then we can laugh at each other for how bad they were. Um, <laughs> or or not laugh. Or not laugh. And, you know, Stuart might have had a good week. Um, so I guess with that, we'll start with the first matchup, was myself versus Senior. Um, and the Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey stack <laughs> is just stupid. Um Eight touchdowns between the two of them. That's, <laughs> I mean, at one point, I think I was, and you know, you can't, the projections mean nothing. Right. Uh, but it was tracking, I think, after the first quarter that Travis Kelsey had like seven yards receiving and Mahomes hadn't thrown a touchdown. And I was like, wow, maybe, maybe I do have a chance. Um, I think I lost by like 25 or something. <laughs> there are certain guys, and you just hit, the nail in the head with one of them with Kelsey specifically, but Kelsey, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, guys like that, their, their projections really don't matter. They will blow them out of the water easily. And you're not shocked. You're even when you play against them, you're like, yeah, I'm not even mad. I know. I know they can do this, but I was talking with your dad. He was over here watching the kids one night. And uh, I think it was the night of the actual chiefs game. And he's like, Man, I need a lot of points. I was like, just wait. You have Kelsey and Mahomes. You'll be fine. He's like, I don't know. And then the next day, he's like, Do you see you got four touchdowns? I was like, Yeah. This is what, yeah. Why are you shocked? You've had him for three years. Yeah. This is insane. Yeah. I think he needed 42 to win between the two of them. And he got, I don't know, like 70 or 80. I don't even know. <laughs> Stewart doesn't know anything about that. I know. Yeah. Somebody well, said, which I did think was kind of funny. He had four. Kelsey had four touchdowns and only thirty points, which is kind of funny. Thirty. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. How many yards yeah. did he end up having? Like thirty. Twenty-five. Yards. Yeah, that's 20, crazy. He was, he was seven for eight receiving, twenty-five yards, four touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in all fairness to him, it would have been more yards if it, they weren't in the end zone. So. <laughs> Because he was yeah. catching at nine yards in the end zone. Well, if it yeah. was the field that Stewart wanted to play on, they get an extra ten yards. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, why are, why are they not counting that? Yeah, well, Kelsey probably would have had like seventy yards in that case. Where did he yeah. catch the ball in the end zone? He gets all those yards. That's right. He would have had more than that because a few of those touchdowns, he was more wide open than. I mean, it, it makes you wonder what in the world they were doing on defense because that's like the one guy you just don't leave open. And we, he was open multiple times. We say Wide that about open. Kelsey, and we say that about Cup. Why yeah. don't they just double and triple team those guys? Because they've shown that no one else on that team, both those teams, have have stepped up to actually do anything. It baffles my mind. Bryce has said it in the chat several times. Makes no sense. Yeah. yeah. 
So y'all both picked senior to win. Jonathan, you had it as your most confident matchup. So you got six points. Stuart, you wow. had it as your fourth most. You had got four. Uh, I picked myself to win. I had a low confidence of two. So I, I missed out on those two points. Um, you know, the next matchup we had was, was running up that hill. I don't even know if that was your team name at the time. It wasn't. I've changed it three times. <laughs> versus the, the final countdown. Um, Ryan winning this one, 171 to 120. Uh, and a tsunami, actually. Yeah, I, I'm not playing it. I, <laughs> I'm, too, I'm too tired. <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> I was waiting on Stuart just to sing it. Um, so I don't think I you actually had that as my most confident matchup. Ryan winning six. Stuart, you had Ryan winning with a confidence level of one. Jonathan, you picked yourself with three points. You missed out. <laughs> Jared Goff, four points. I mean, you kind of covered it. Gina Smith, 34. Um, and then Gabe Davis was the big. No. 39 points, three catches, 171 yards, two, and two touchdowns. And we, you knew, I think, what, in like the first five minutes, he caught it a 98-yard touchdown? It was, it, was 98 was the first, yard touchdown. it was the first. It was the first touchdown of Sunday. Wow. And I saw it on red zone, and I was like, I, I, that's moving milk. Oh my word. Just give it to me. Game over. Game over. That's unbelievable. Well, you know, Jalen Hurts, Dalvin Cook, Devontae, Andrews almost having 20 points each. That's just that's a lot to overcome. Combined Mm -hmm. with the the quarterback. But Justin Jefferson. Hey, you say that, but had I started those guys, I would have beaten Ryan. There you go. You did have did you have the highest total points you could have scored? 180 something. Or was it Lewis? You between you and Lewis, right? I don't know. I know that the report showed that I had about 180 points to score. I don't know what Lewis has said, but that's how much I left so much on the table. He had 204. 204. Yeah. Yeah. So I would have been the second if I if he would have played his most efficient and I would have played my most efficient. Oh no, Ryan would uh, Ryan had 182.86, it says. Oh really? He would have been third. Um, I don't know how accurate that is, but that's what the report shows, at least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, a lot of points on the bench there. You uh, just continue this quarterback, you know, the quarterback carousel that's just yeah. broken. You know what's bad was I had Gabe Davis in there, and it wouldn't have mattered because I needed both Gino and Gabe in. Um, but I was sitting there thinking, well, I, Gabe Davis hasn't done it yet this year, except for Week One. So let's just wait till we see the game. And I think we've seen the game. So now he's in the lineup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's uh, Josh Allen. That guy's a uh, that guy's good. You, you want a piece of that offense? I mean, Damian Pierce. You have to feel pretty good about that. I really like that pick. I felt like I reached, and I probably did on draft night, but it's paying off. So, and not, then, not upset about it. Your Jordan Jefferson. We talked about him not getting as many catches as Cup. He had twelve catches this game. That's you gotta like that. Yeah, he's still did, okay. I looked at. Uh, I was looking at the matchups this week. This is kind of an aside to Cup. And again, I don't think I've fully appreciated Cup's amazing run here. Yeah. I saw that Stuart, you I'm mean, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, so pardon me, but Stuart, you're like favored to I think you're actually projected to lose to Daniel right now. Yeah. Um but not by much, by less than a touchdown. And then I was just looking at some of your guys and I saw that Cooper Cup was projected for 20 points. And I go, golly, he's projected high. And then I clicked on his 
game log for the season, and there's only one game this season he hasn't at 20 points or more. <laughs> so then I go, yeah, never mind. That's probably pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So all that to say, Jefferson may be having a good season, but it's the the run that Cup has been on the past almost two years has been pretty incredible. Well, it goes back to 2019, actually, his run, where he was the number one player through, I think, the first eight weeks of that season. And then he kind of tapped, you know. Yeah. He, uh, was that touchdown dependent when he was doing that? Uh, I'm looking right now. He had that one year where it was like. No, because like, he had, this was his yardage, 46, his first eight games. I'll read the yardage by game. 46, 120, 101, 121, 117, 17, 50, and then 220. 220? So, yeah. Seven catches, 220 yards, one touchdown, 38 points. That was with Goff, huh? Yeah, and that was with Goff. Which Goff, mm. you know, Goff isn't bad. I mean, you're no. seeing that with the Lions, too. But... He's just bad when he when I start him. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, you like to see that involvement from Justin Jefferson. Obviously, he's sure. Set, so... Um, Ryan, interesting, you know, Najee Harris, six points. I don't know. I, I saw him. Najee's been bad. He uh, is benching him, it looks like, at least as of now, at the time of this recording for this week, which I don't blame him. Um, what's also interesting is you had DK Metcalf in this trade, and that was part of the DK Metcalf Gabe Davis trade. <laughs> he had a pretty good game at 17 points, but between Najee Harris and then Chase Edmonds, not really doing anything. Um, you know, his, uh, he made some moves with some trades that we can talk about a little bit later, but, yep. um, so then that we had, uh, Daniel and Mike Searles. We all picked Mike Searles to win. Mike Searles did win. Um, Stuart, you had a confidence level five and Jonathan and I had a confidence level four. This was actually the two lowest scores of the week. Do you want to take the time, Stuart? Cause I think you brought it up in our text before the show. To discuss how historically bad Daniel has been this season. <laughs> I've never seen this many double digit postings. And it's not it's not even like a team that's uh tanking. He's this is the start of the season. <laughs> yeah. What? Right. What's well, the deal? He's had he's had um three weeks of sub one hundred scoring. Um, and then his other two, 110 and 122. Um, so at some point a few weeks ago, I made a water bet with Staffel, and it may have just been Staffel. I, I have, I can pull it up, but, um, there was, we were talking about 144 points, and Daniel said something like, it'd be nice to score 144, or he texted that or, or put that on the chat or something. And so, Mike was like, he's going to score 144 at least twice. And I'm like, there is no way. There is no way that that's happening. So I'm I'm feeling really good about that bet. But it does kind of make you wonder, like, is he – I mean, I, granted, he could win this week. So I'm, I'm, I'm hedging my bets a little bit on talking about how bad he actually is. <laughs> but it, is he one of the – I mean, is he one of the worst teams that we've – that we've seen, I would say at least through five weeks, you can't, you can't, well, there's, you yeah. can't compare that. There's no arguing when, that. The only team that's had this bad a start is his own team when he went 0 and 5 to start. 
Well, so let me let me put it this way, to, and we'll kind of talk about the big board here in a second. Um, I really have two comments. The first is he had. I'll start talking the big board second. The first is he had three year, uh, three weeks last year, the whole season where he was less than a hundred, uh, which I think was most in the league as well, uh, coming in week one, six, and then week twelve. And in between those, in week five, he had a two hundred point week sandwich in there, Stewart. So. Um, you know, that kind of just speaks to the, <laughs> there's the, no way though, that he's going to have a 200 point week. No. And, and I'm not saying he is, but the point is oh. he had 200 points in week five <laughs> and then he had 99 the next week. It's, this yeah. is what fantasy football is. And so yeah. 144 seems like a low bar, but the it's a funny question because I don't even know where I would bet place my bet on that now after seeing him through five <laughs> weeks. And then you compound that with the fact that he's obviously already mailing it in. Um, you've seen that with the trade for Javante and Kyle Pitts of guys who can win now, um, where he's, he's looking to the future already. Um, so because of that, I think that's going to be the biggest thing is I think he's going to continue to sell, you know, he's got players like Roquan Smith who had 15 points already against you, Stewart, you know, that he has yes. value. And so I, I see Daniel trying to maximize that value as he looks to next year. Um, so the other thing I was going to say is on our big board, we have one of our columns that's theoretical total points. And what that is, is it, it, it gives a weight for <laughs> so bad. A weight of 12 points for the team with the highest score in any given week down to one point for the team with the lowest score on any given week. Right. And so it kind of take away the wins and losses, take away the, you know, the anomalies of this was a higher scoring week. This, it, it, it takes all that into account and it just says, how have you done on any given week? And Daniel's score through five weeks in that metric is seven. <laughs> so he's been the lowest score five of the or four of the five weeks. Is that correct? Correct. <laughs> Three of the five. Let me, I can tell you actually. Right or there. it's yeah. But it's the probably point of that is the next closest yeah. on that metric is Mike Searles at fourteen, who's doubled up on him. Um, uh, yeah, Daniel with the lowest score in four of the five wow. weeks, and the other uh, week was Mike Searles. And so, yeah, it's been a bad. And the week that he was not the lowest score was week three, and that was his highest score of the season was one twenty two point five, um, and he was actually only the third highest score on that week. So he's been the lowest score four of the five weeks, and then the other week, which was his best week, he was the third lowest score. Um, <laughs> And so, yeah, to answer your question, I think he's historically bad through five weeks, probably the worst through five weeks. Yeah, because yeah, I don't I mean, even when his infamous started from the bottom team, I don't know if they were 4 5 but they were good. Like he just just wasn't winning or they weren't performing similar to like Ryan's team last year. Not quite as um, stacked, but. This is bad. Like you look at his roster too, and you're like, "Where?" You say he's gonna sell. I'm like, "Who's he gonna sell besides Brady and Roquan?" <laughs> I don't. I don't. I mean, he's got very little assets to give. Yeah. But you know, the, I'm sure at some point someone will come to him for something. But um, maybe in a three way deal. I don't know. But it's bad. Yeah, I mean, he's got you know, Aaron Jones goes down. He's got Dylan. Dylan's gonna. I mean, it's it's gonna be things like sure. that where yeah. he adds value through either waiver wire pickups. I mean, that's what we all do. Right. And so he's no different. Um, but yeah, through five weeks, historically bad, probably the, the worst. It's, I think it's the worst five week start 
of a season ever. Um, yeah. On a lot of different metrics. Um, but the funny thing is that the, another metric we have is theoretical wins and losses for um, top six and bottom six scoring. And obviously he's 0-5 in that metric because he hasn't had a week of the top six scoring. But Mike Staffel and Mike Searles are also in that boat. Yep. Um, and you look at some of their their scores too. I mean, the actual lowest score on the year doesn't even belong to Daniel. It actually belongs <laughs> to, to Mike Searles. That's right. Yep, I remember um, that. And so, you know, will he get a win? I think so because I think there's some really, really bad teams uh, this year. Um, I think there's a pretty clear bottom tier. He lost to Mike so, already, so that's a bad start for him. I know. But I mean, part of the question, too, that I'd like to ask is, will he actually go winless? <laughs> he's going to be the uh, the Detroit Lions of whatever year that was. I'll tell you, he's, he's got a decent chance to win this week. I will say that. Here we go. With my Sam start. Bagging. Uh-huh. I would love this to be his only one of the season against you, Stuart. Yeah. <laughs> and I will tell you this. I don't know if you watched any of the, that game on that was last night. It was – I was – I did not want to start Gibson, and I really didn't want to start Wentz either. But I was like, I'm just going to – I'm going to go with it. I'm going to cross my fingers. And uh, the whole game, I was just like – Wentz was throwing the ball – hitting receivers in their hands and they were dropping it for touchdowns. And I'm like, golly, man, I'm frustrated. I can't imagine how frustrated he is. There's something about the Thursday night game too, that just rubs you the wrong way. Oh, Cause you gosh. feel like you rush into it and it's like, you, if they play well, you're super happy, but if they play bad, it just stings more than on a Sunday. I don't know why. Really, Maybe cause, No, it does. You, Cause you have to live with it longer. Yeah, it, it, you almost have to think about: Do I want to make changes to my lineup, or do I need to do something before Sunday? If I if they suck, I don't know. It's yeah. not fun when they suck on a Thursday. Yeah, I mean, there's pros and cons, right? At the Thursday matchups in general, though, have been bad matchups. I feel yeah. like at least recently, they've been the worst games of the weekend. I feel like, yeah, pretty much. So, um, yeah. So the two lowest scoring teams of the week: one hundred one to ninety seven. Um, just oh, yeah, a lot of failures <laughs> across the board here. If, if Jacoby, I'm shocked Jacoby Myers scored 23 points. If he scores like what he normally scores of like seven, I mean, I just, it's bad. So I don't know what else, if there's any takeaways from players in that team. Daniel does have Hopkins. I know. Uh, Oh, he, he. The funny thing is, I traded him Pitts, and then Pitts gets hurt right away. It's just, it's not Daniel's season. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. That's and it was a good matchup for Pitts too. Um, and so I think uh, the better team won here, but goodness. <laughs> uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire came back to earth with five point nine points. Um, yes, you know, from being a top five quarterback. Um, so we all got points for for picking that matchup correctly. It ended up being. Uh, maybe the closest matchup actually. Yeah, it was the closest matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, four points. So Mike Searles with the luckiest win of the week with with the second lowest score. Um, the other game we had um, was uh, let's see, Bryce versus or no, sorry, that's this week. 
Um, was Stewart versus Joey, the Koopas Troopas versus the Rolls Down T Hill. <laughs> and you had Teddy Bridgewater to start the week, Stewart. Speaking of Thursday games, goes out. Yeah, I, I, I will tell you this. I'm, I, I don't want to hear anything about uh, Jonathan's <laughs> roller coaster of quarterback. Give me a break. That's true. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. You're, How did you're, your issue is your issue is every quarterback you start gets fatally wounded or injured. Well, <laughs> My Wentz quarterback Wentz got hurt last night too. I don't know if y'all saw that. I'm like, <laughs> I thought he was going to go out of the game. I'm like, great, yeah, go out. Of course, it I wouldn't just, have mattered. I just he have a better. Out. I just have a better quarterback sitting on my bench every week, and I'm. It makes yeah, me mad because I just I just make the wrong start decision. But anyway, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was offset by the T Higgins. Um, obviously, with him, with him scoring zero and you know that whole debacle, um, and then Darren Waller <laughs> zero as well. Um, but you win, Stewart, one forty four to one twenty two. Austin Eckler, thirty eight points, one hundred seventy three yards, and a touchdown. I told y'all. I told you. Turn around. I'm like and Derek Henry. Be... Yes, that was the, the that's been the trade of the trade of the century that y'all all made fun of me for. Derrick Henry. Henry scored 32 points, and he was the fourth leading running back scorer within this matchup. <laughs> because Eckler had 38, Leonard Fournette had 32.3, and Josh Jacobs had 32.9. Where was this yeah. Josh Jacobs when Out I owned him? He had 37 the week before, too, against Disney. I, mean, I, I own that that was a – I said that was a meh pick. Man, was I wrong through five weeks here? Yeah. He has been really good. Um, you know, and you know, if, if Joey gets more than 4.8 out of his starting two wide receivers, this could have maybe been a close matchup. But Cooper Cup 28.5, he's ridiculous. Tyreek Hill, um, when have you ever seen Tyreek Hill have seven catches for less than 50 yards? Yeah, were they yeah. just throwing bubble screens to him? What's yeah, happening? Well, well, they weren't, they weren't throwing Eddie Bridgewater went out after the first play, and then they had <laughs> yes. the rookie come in. Because uh, I, I had Waddle and it was rough. Um, it, yeah, it's rough. And uh, yeah, they. Uh, you know, it's bad when you guys are saying Teddy Bridgewater went out and you're disappointed. Because <laughs> I don't even. What's the other guy's name? Uh, uh, it's like. Uh, he was from Kansas State. Yeah, I forgot his name now too. I mean, that tells you all you want to know. I think it was like a seventh round pick. So the game plan went out the window. It's like that he wasn't even practicing. I don't know how that guy made the team. And he's starting this week. So. Skylar Thompson. Skyler there it Thompson. is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a lot of things going your way, Stuart. You've got a really solid core of Eckler, Henry, and Cup, and then Hill. I mean, that's – you got a lot of boom games in there. Gibson, uh, Booby's bro. Um, <laughs> you know, and ship over there. So, we all I was trying. I was trying to get rid of him. You wouldn't take him. Yeah, so – Stuart made me an offer. I thought you were just joking, so I just laughed. I didn't know how serious it was. Well, I wasn't really joking. I was joking about that trade offer, but I wasn't joking about wanting Brian Robinson. Okay, well, we can continue that offline. I just thought you were oh. being silly. Oh, just do no. it right now. Yeah, do it right now. now. Stuart offered me Antonio Gibson for uh, Brian Robinson. He said he needed a start for Thursday night. I was actually <laughs> driving on the road. I didn't even see the text until late, until the game started. <laughs> but I didn't, And then I didn't even realize that he had started Gibson. <laughs> yeah. so I, I thought he was just joking the whole time but there was a lot of seriousness in it apparently <laughs> yes i was more serious than you thought yeah um so 
Um, but yeah, you I mean you've got to feel pretty good, Stewart, putting up 144 with a zero at your quarterback. And really the weeks you put together, I think, uh, from a scoring perspective, um, 144, 165, 125, 200 the past four weeks without really any quarterback scoring. Yeah, let me tell you just real quickly. Uh, so four so the next matchup this week, zero last week, 1.4 the week before. <laughs> the week before that. Carson Wentz did score me 35 points, which I'm thankful for. And then Dak in week one, 3.66. I mean, the fact that I'm sitting at three and two with those quarterback scores is uh, unbelievable. So anyway, yeah. We actually, you and I have very similarly built teams, except your running backs are far and away better than mine. And so that's definitely buoyed you into wins where I don't have that. I have guys that are just like getting me double digit points at running back, but still coming up with the four points in the quarterback position, <laughs> yeah. which doesn't help. Yeah, so, mm. yeah for sure. So uh, Jonathan, you picked Joey to win. So you, you missed out on that matchup. Yeah. How, how dare you? I won't make uh, that. I picked again. Stewart at one. Stewart, you picked yourself at three. So um, then we have the next matchup of Lewis versus Bryce. Bryce, you know, feeling pretty good coming into the week, saying he's the number one team, saying he's the best. Um, he gets uh, steamrolled by uh, by Lewis and Josh Allen. 53 points, 424 yards passing, four touchdowns. Um, just insane. He's going to set all sorts of records this year, isn't he? Josh uh, Allen. Yeah. I mean, you got Josh Allen and then you got Nick Chubb. You know, through five weeks, Nick Chubb is the number two running back on the year. I thought he was um, one. What? Who overtook him? I don't know. I'm clicking on him now. He says number two. He's done. I, I, mean, I, he's think, done I think it. it's one of mine. I, I think really? it's uh, Eckler. Yeah, it's Eckler. Oh, really? Because wow. this is Eckler. Chubb's scoring week from week one. 20 points, 32 and a half, 22.6, 24.6, 31.1. Yeah, the last two weeks for Eckler have been uh, 38.5 and 33.2, so he's number one. That's surprising. Eckler's number one because I thought he had some really dud games. Yeah, Um, he did. The first few weeks were were low. Gotcha. Um, Yeah, I mean, Chubb obviously over – and you combine that with Chase was his other potential keeper. Now, I know Chase years to come, obviously there's value there. But, you know, the immediate impacts of of Chubb have been – Chubb was a slam dunk. That's I mean, still... it's, it's hard to argue, and he's obviously 4-1 and one in the process here. And really one of the bigger stories of the week was Brees Hall. Uh, 197 yards, 97 on the ground, 100 through the air, 31 fantasy points. Um, we all thought that McCaffrey and Barkley were maybe the two better backs coming into the matchup. They scored a combined 40. Um, but Nick Chubb and Brees Hall scored 62. So you combine that with Burrow scoring 18 and Josh Allen scoring 53, and, I mean, that's your – that's your matchup there. Yeah. Um, so one one player of note, Jeff Wilson having a good game, 17 carries, 120. Uh-oh. Um, I guess he's okay. He's just a guy, but he, <laughs> he's my guy now. <laughs> I traded a Jag for a Jag. Oh, goodness. Oh, no. We had – this was a – there's a lot of – back and forth between me and Bryce on this and I won't bore you with all the details but it's funny what we settled on which was let's just swap running backs and we ended up doing that thinking okay you own the Jaguars I'll own the 49ers and mm. we'll call it a day so uh it's not it's, it's not so much a bet on Jeff Wilson 
I, I actually think James Robinson's the better running back, but I think mm-hmm. that uh, I think the Jeff it Wilson's. Good. It made sense for yeah. a lot of different reasons. I yeah. Think. yeah, it's just funny that it happened. Oh, I know. After saying yeah. last year, I said the same thing about Robinson. I didn't believe in him, so it's, I own these two guys that I was talking crap about, and then I ended up owning <laughs> both of them this year. So whatever. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you could be wrong. It's okay yeah. to be wrong. Yeah, yeah, I'm wrong all the time. <laughs> um, man. I'm looking at Lewis's team. He, he, and we said it earlier, potential for over 200. I mean, he just, he left points on the bench too. Just kind of Unreal. crazy. Um, Bryce, um, you know, obviously his running backs, McCaffrey had 21 points. Uh, Barkley had 19 points, a late touch in. Alave is looking good. Obviously got a concussion though towards the end of that yeah. game. He didn't look good when he wobbled over onto the. He looked good catching it while he was wobbling. What are you talking about? No, yeah, it wasn't until the end, right? When he. <laughs> yeah, flung his, flung his uh, I imagine there. he'll probably be out, but uh, you know, Bryce, you know, big winner with Kenneth Walker. Um, 18 points on his bench, Rashad Penny going down for senior. That's obviously, you know, something we didn't yeah. cover in the matchup earlier, but um, I think a loss for senior and you know, a big win, you know, in a game. So you've got a running back core really of McCaffrey, uh, Barkley, and then. Um, James Robinson and Kenneth Walker. That's a pretty good well, core. He, he traded Walker. Right. Oh, sorry. So you have Walker now. That's right. No. Well, no, I don't. No, no, no. Ryan, Ryan does. does. That was part of that no, deal. No, okay. But can we talk about Rashad? I mean, just a side note. Yeah. We don't spend time on it, but Rashad Penny, are his legs made of glass or something? He breaks his leg every year. Yes. And, he, and he's good before he does it. So it's just such a disappointment. I heard he did just didn't drink a lot of milk as a kid. <laughs> no, uh, he he wasn't he wasn't the Mooma milk winner nearly enough as a kid. Yeah. Well. Anyway. Well, obviously. Maybe, they, anyway. If he parlayed, uh, well, I was going to say something about my legs and never breaking a bone and never drinking milk and the, the scar on my leg where I destroyed a bench. Yeah. I don't know who destroyed who in that. Too bad I'm not in the NFL. I play every game. Um, yeah, if you're running against benches. <laughs> oh, hey, my word. Aaron Donald is not as, as uh, solid oh, yeah. as a bench. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, um, Bryce obviously then parlaying, I guess, that into a trade that we can talk about a little bit later here in a second. And then uh, we all picked Bryce, by the way. Confidence level of four, four, and five. Stewart, you'd five. Um, and then we had our last matchup, the biggest loser versus Digsy Normus. Um, <laughs> we all picked Jackson to win with pretty high confidence. Five, five, and six. Stewart, you had the six. Um, 115 to 102, kind of a low score matchup all the way across the board. Um, you know, Russell Wilson underperforming for Digsy Normus. Um, Stefan Diggs, though, doing his thing because uh, he is Normus. Um, but you know, Ramondre Stevenson on Jackson's team, you know, with the Damian Harris going down, I think that is, uh, looking pretty good right now for Jackson moving forward. Mike, there's just Christian Kirk had 1.6 by far his worst week. Um, Mike Evans, he did Mike Evans thing. Naeem Hines went down early in that Thursday night game. I think it was the Thursday night game. Only scored 1.4. C.D. Lamb, 7.8. What do you all think about C.D. Lamb? 
he's good, not great. He's still young though. So yeah. I, it's hard when you've got this weird quarterback thing going on with Cooper Rush. Um was having this conversation with your dad and he was he was making comments of it, it, it all goes back to Dak, right? Dak getting paid 40 million and he's overpaid, yada yada yada. Uh but part of the game plan right now is don't lose the game, let the defense win in in, in Dallas. So I think that affects Lamb's numbers in the short term right now. But then he had like in a the microcosm of CeeDee Lamb was a few games ago when he had those egregious drops and then that spectacular one-handed catch like he has the talent but he's so inconsistent and i think that's that's he needs to address that before he can take that next step yeah yeah um for sure you know cooper rush too is a part of that yeah i would say he is who i thought he was and I, I let him off the hook. So no, I well, mean he's he had he's had some decent games, but then like this last week, Michael Gallup came back and had four or five receptions, and I mean no touchdowns. But I mean I don't know that I don't know that he's as great as all the all Cowboys fans sure. hope he would be. What if I told you that um, Ceedee Lamb this past week caught half of the completions that Cooper rushed through? He threw 10 completions? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the case. Wow. <laughs> he, com- he completed 10 passes is what I recall. Wow. Um, so, it, again, just part of the game plan right now. It's They're running the ball a lot. I'm pretty sure that's the case. I could be wrong. But I, I, I was looking at that, and that was part of my argument against, you know, everyone saying Cooper Rush is the guy. Leave him in. Well, oh, yeah. Think- he, was, he, he was 10 for 16. Yeah, for how many yards? 102. Yeah. So he had, and, he had three more yards than Carson Wentz. <laughs> right. But it, it, for some reason, feels like a success compared to Carson yeah. Wentz. And part of it is he's getting paid nothing, and Carson Wentz is getting paid a, bo- a boatload. So, you know, that's the argument. But at the same time, I have I, heard people talking about that leave, leave Dak on the bench and let Cooper Rush keep. And I'm like, what if you just, the- what? What if you just called the game or, or scripted the game similar to what you're doing with Cooper Rush, but now you have an extra weapon in Dak and like be more conservative with Dak, but then let him turn it loose when they need to. I don't know. Yeah. I, just, I mean, I just, the thing that Cooper Rush is not doing is turning over the football. Like right. that's, that's, that's really what he's doing really well is not turning over the ball. Right. Keeping drives alive, yeah. giving getting them chances to score when they need to. It's, that's all Dak really needs to do, which is again the argument against paying him forty million. Like if you're paying him forty million, he should be able to carry the team. But yeah, just win the game. How about that? Like that's all that really matters because Cooper Rush is making a name for himself, and he's completed ten passes. And he's all everyone says is all all anyone says is oh he's undefeated when he starts. So yeah, well, hundred and two points for Mike Staffel. He could have scored 109, so you know so he didn't that, need much, much on this, the bench. This, so he was as efficient as he could be. Is this Staffel's worst team? I know he had that one year yes. where he tanked, but this it has got to be his worst team, right? I'm really yeah. loving it. Like he was all <laughs> all chatter last year. You know, he was playing good. I mean, we hadn't even heard from him in weeks. Was, <laughs> I don't even know if he's still playing fantasy. Well, that's a good point. If you look at his lineup this week, he has some holes. 
Um, I don't even know if he knows that Thursday night games still go on. So um, he's a little he's, lucky. He's been on his ten-year uh, anniversary cruise, so he's yeah, uh, whatever, whatever. He's been MIA. I think he gets back today. He's on a sabbatical, I think. He's trying to figure out what he's doing wrong. I think he's. I think he is ready to move on to next season. Um, obviously, Jonathan <laughs> Taylor, though. I mean, one of the bigger letdowns on the year. Um, yeah, that's a he, surprise. I mean, look, he's starting Naeem Hines, obviously, because Jonathan Taylor's out. But Devin Singletary, uh, Christian Kirk, uh, Kirk Cousins. I mean, that's just. <laughs> it it's is. a rough team. It's a rough team. It's too many Kirks. Too many curves. You know, combined yeah. with the Cam Aker stuff. I mean, just everyone has these years, and Mike has been uh, probably the one who has the fewest amount yep. of these years, if any. And this yep. might be his first, um, but it happens to everyone, and you uh, you just try and be better for it. And take it'll be your interesting to see. Yep. It'll be I've interesting. Never, I've never had it. I've never had a year like that. So not everybody. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, you just you just float around that just below average. That's number. right. That's what. That's when I win my championships. <laughs> You're right where you want to be three and two. You're right. Huh? Yep. That's right. Or would you rather be two and three? That's why he's I'd probably lose. rather be two and three. But that's it's why. Right. It's, oh, well, I'm I'm in your position then. But you're probably going to lose this week to Daniel, so you'll be okay. Yeah, that'll be you know, the Jackson, embarrassment of the year. Jackson moving <laughs> forward. I mean, he's got a uh, he's got a pretty decent team, I think, with Ramondre obviously having some good weeks here. Mixon. Um, you know, he had 12 points this week. Stephon Diggs is great. Malcolm Hollywood Brown, he's been awesome this year. 18.8 points. TJ Hawkinson went from what 38 points two weeks ago to 1.1 this week. Um, that was you know, my whole argument against golf. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That's so funny. So dumb. 38.9. He's still the third tight end on this in scoring on the season, which kind of just speaks to what you're saying about Kelsey. And and Andrews to to an extent, but really Kelsey. Yeah, that's the tier, right? It's Kelsey, and then tier two is Andrews, Andrews. and then yeah. it's all, pretty much everyone else. That's right. They're all the same at that point. Um, yeah. You just hope it, you. Taysom Hill is three. Taysom Hill is three, and then yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Taysom Hill and TJ Hawkinson. You're fifty dollar man. Yeah. Do you guys want to talk about that real quick? Yeah, yeah let's do it. What were you thinking? Absolutely ridiculous that was. <laughs> okay, so. I needed a tight end because Firemuth, you know, concussion. And honestly, because of what you just said, I was like, why am I trying to like fight over the scraps of the guy who's going to get me maybe a touchdown? If if I'm going to do a guy that's going to get maybe a touchdown, give me a guy that can like score three of them in a game and actually plays at the quarterback position. Just why not? Because everything else is all the same. So I might as well have the upside. Uh, and then I started to talk myself into, well, what if other people think this way? <laughs> and then, then my brain started saying, well, a little higher, a little higher. And then I just looked around. I was like, no one's going to spend 50. I'll do 50. <laughs> Cause what was he before? Someone spent 21 bucks on him. That was Joey. So I was like, you know what? Just drop 50. It'll be fine. It'll and it be worked. Fine. I, I, I dropped him the day before he, he did that too, which is so, so embarrassing. And I picked who, who up. Is your uh, tight end I, I picked up Josh Reynolds. <laughs> oh my word! Uh, who I no, dropped. <laughs> um, my uh, tight end is uh, Higby. Oh, okay. You, I mean, he's been good. Yeah, I would probably start Higby over. I don't know anymore. Would you start Higby over Hill? 
Uh, I feel like the rest of the season, well, I don't know. Taysom's, Ooh. he's a. It sounded like a water bet was coming on there. I was going to say, I would do a water bet without touchdowns, but that's part of fantasy points. So it's. Yeah, it's that's what I'm basing this whole thing off of. <laughs> Yardage wise, I will concede. Receiving yeah. yards, Taysom Hill will lose to every name right. you're about to bring up. The more predictable <laughs> stats are the catches and yards that Higby's going to put up, but Taysom is anything but predictable. Uh, it's just good look at his game log. Winston's out again this week. Um, I know. I'm. I. You know, the Saints do that where they just get one guy all the touchdowns, whether it's Kamara or yeah, Jason I know. Or, so. They really. Uh, the The hard part is, and I know David was a recipient of this a, a year or two ago, but like him being and in, in the tight end position, if he's going to be in the quarterback position, is an unfair advantage. But he's he's really uh, yeah. I mean, you can't put him in a single position so tight end is fine but he really should be like a fullback like he he's he should be considered like a fullback the way he plays yeah and- i'm fine with the tight end because he lines up there i mean he gets a catch he lines up there i mean that what else are you gonna call him what does it there is there like a minimum requirement of the number of snaps in which you align on the field like if he did it twice a game where he lined up on the line of scrimmage and then six yeah. times a game lined up in the backfield specifically yeah. taking the snap, not just like taking it like as a running back, but actually taking direct snaps that becomes like, why is he a tight end? Right. Like, right. It's yeah, kind I mean, of he's, a cheat. He's, yeah, he's an exception to whatever rule you want to create in my opinion. But you know, he's, he's the reason I liked Kyle Pitts at the beginning of the year. And when I drafted him, Pitts has been a dumpster fire, which I'm glad <laughs> I don't have him anymore, frankly, but he, it's because it just didn't work out. And it still might, and hopefully it does for Dan. It's not his fault. But it's, no, he's a freak. If yeah. they just throw him the ball, which is stupid that they don't. They don't, um, yeah. And but that's what you want in tight end. All tight ends outside of that top two, those two tiers we just talked about, if they score five, are you shocked? No. But you want the guy who's gonna put up potentially 38, which is what Taysom Hill is. And so Taysom, I mean, it's a you could boil it down this way. If you're not playing Kelsey or Andrews, you're not scared of the tight end position. That's it's right. kind of a wash. Like it doesn't really matter. You kind of feel burned if your guy gets if they the other guy gets touched on, your guy doesn't. Okay, great. But right. at most it's like a six point difference. And to have the yeah. upside, obviously, of thirty eight points, that that's why you prefer him over others. Yeah. And that's why I don't have an issue of fifty bucks, honestly. <laughs> um, now that we've seen it, and frankly, I, I don't know if it's going to change for the Saints as they get down low. I mean, he's just a really good runner. I mean, yeah, he, he just is. And he's yeah. big and he's athletic and he reads and he has great vision. And you know they're setting up for eventually they're going to do some stupid thing where he yeah. throws a bomb That's because right. they're all going to suck up. So it'll it'll pay off at some point. But he's definitely not going to have these weeks very often. But when he does, it'll be nice to to win the week because of Taysom Hill. That's right. So that, that's he exactly remi- what it is. He reminds me a little bit of uh... – well, I, I won't say he reminds me of him, but um, a little bit of Tebow, right? Where oh, Tebow, my word. I was just about to say this. You're very, you, you're right on track. Go ahead. Because Te- Tebow could throw the ball, but wasn't super accurate, wasn't a great passer, but was just really great at – he was just a good football player, right? And so he was fast. He was big. He was strong. He was able to do a lot of different things on the field. And so 
they're I feel like they're similar in a lot of ways. Taysom Hill's the one thing he has is more athleticism from like a speed yeah. and agility That's, standpoint, but yeah. same body build, same like ability to go like take a hit at the goal line and yeah. then and then you know make the make the pass that's needed when the defense kind of sucks in. I was gonna say he reminds me of two college players, and one was actually Tim Tebow when he's with the Gators. Uh, the other player he reminds me of in college is Dak Prescott. Um, <laughs> Dak's obviously a better thrower, and he's right. Know, he's progressed as a thrower relative to to these guys. But yeah, I mean, just Tim Tebow. I mean, he had that that little stupid jump pass. You remember yep. that in Florida? Like it was just stupid. I mean, that's what Taysom can do, and. And frankly, if I'm the Saints, every time I get down there, you run Camara and you run Taysom Hill out of the Wildcat or that shotgun. And, I mean, they're going to score more often than not running those two. It's definitely better yeah. than letting Andy Dalton figure it out. Uh, you could at least make sure. the – you could definitely make the argument for Jameis Winston. But, yeah, at the end of the day, you you get – scoring points is the name of the game. That's a good yep. way to do it. Yep. So – um, well, so I guess to summarize and put a bow on the, uh, the picks of the week, um, Stuart, this past week, you only incorrectly picked Bryce with a confidence level of two on that. Great week. Um, which yielded you 19 points. So 19 yeah. points, that's tied for the most. Tied, tied for the most. Um, David had 19 as well. I've so done 19 twice, just for whatever it's worth, so... <laughs> <laughs> I had 16 this week. I missed Man. on myself and Bryce. Jonathan, you had 15. You missed on yourself, Joey, and Bryce. Um, so through the season, I've got the most at 64 total points. Stuart, you're in second at 59. And then Jonathan, you're uh, you're at 58. So, so, so it's interesting. If you look at – obviously, you take week one off the board because no, we don't really know much. Yeah. Most of our, like, really confident picks are correct. Like yep. our sixes and fives and fours are usually pretty correct. It's kind of that three on down. You see a lot of misses. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. So I like. I yeah. think this is working out the way we anticipated. Like, hey, I'm you know planting my flag on what I think is actually going to happen. That's right. So I like it. Yep, for sure. So um, that wraps up picks of the week from last week that we didn't share on air, but uh, we made. So <laughs> now everyone knows. And- uh, that those total points don't include whatever Bryce tried to do. I just I don't won't even take credit for that. I didn't know that you actually did it, so we just you know, Bryce. You know what? Keep your own score at home. It'll be yeah. fine. And send it send it in. We'll read it on the air. Probably not. Um, what else? What else from the pre- uh, previous week do you want to recap before moving into this week? Um, I can cover my big board. Big um, board. I haven't really had a chance to talk about it. We're five weeks in. Um, now on the year um, and we kind of brought up different portions of it um, but I'll kind of just go through some metrics real quick y'all ask questions if anything you think stands out just add some commentary but um, really the first metric that that I wanted to go over was theoretical wins and losses for your top six versus bottom six scoring so this is just if we were going through a true one through 12 top six get a win bottom six get a loss um, I said it earlier, you have three teams that are 0-5, um, which means that Mike Searles at 2-3 and three of an actual record has been the most lucky owner on the year. Obviously, he was the second lowest score this past week. Um, and so he, um, by that metric, um, has been the luckiest. 
What's also noteworthy is we, we track the most unlucky too. The most unlucky, and I can post this for too, but the most unlucky is the highest losing score of the week. And so the other managers that have, have been the most luckiest through the first four weeks have actually also been the most unluckiest. So for example, you had Jonathan in week one, he had 150 points, which was the highest losing score on the week. In week mm-hmm. three, he actually had the lowest winning score at 128. Yep. Um, and so he even that unlucky loss out with a lucky win, so to speak. Um, yep. Mike Sapple was the same thing. Week one, he won with 111 points. Week three, he was unlucky where he had the highest losing score of 128. Now, you could argue 128 is probably not typically good enough to win. but Nothing to write home about. That week it was when you had uh, 72 and 110 and a couple other low scores. Um, And then Ryan also actually has done that as well. In week two, he was the most unlucky. He had the highest losing score at 144. That's his only loss on the year. Yet in week four, he he was the most lucky. (laughs) Do it. I said that was to me, by the way. Yeah, so he was the most unlucky relative to everyone else, though, at 144. Week four, he was the luckiest, where he won with 125.96. And so in five weeks, you've had three teams that have done unlucky and lucky, um, which is which is really interesting. Um, the other two teams who, who have been – I was unlucky in week four. Um, I haven't got my lucky win, so I probably get it this week. Uh, with the lowest winning score based on this trend that we're talking about. Um, and then the other one who hasn't done anything has just been lucky is actually Joey in week two. He's the luckiest team winning at 124. Um, so that's a side bet. But, you know, at zero and five in your top six versus bottom six for Mike Searles to have two wins, obviously you take that. Mike yeah. Staffel, you know, the same logic, one and four. Um, he he won week one with 111. <laughs> So he could easily be, you know, numbers would say, odds would say he should be 0 and 5. So it'd be 1 and 4. Obviously, that's a win for him, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, either him or Daniel would be 0 and 5 right now. So those are the two. That was their <laughs> yeah, week one. He had to win, right? And so, <laughs> he had to win. So thankfully, you get to play other bad teams, I guess. Yeah. Um, Jonathan and Jackson, by this metric, are, would be 2 and 3. And the top six, bottom six, Jackson's three and two. Jonathan, you are two and three. Yep. So kind of holding true to that, to the odds portion of that. Joey um, and Stewart would be three and two by that metric. Uh, Joey's two and three in, in actuality. And then Stewart, you are three and two matching that. Um, so Joey's, Joey's been a, a little lucky as well. And like we mentioned in week two, where you had the highest or the lowest winning score. Um, and then a bunch of teams at four and one in this metric. In fact, we don't have any five and zero teams in this metric, um, believe it or not. And so the four and one teams would be myself, David Senior, Lewis, Bryce, and Ryan. And so they've all had four weeks in the top six and one week in the bottom six. Um, hmm. So interesting there. Obviously, Bryce yeah. being the most unlucky there, um, being three and two. And senior, well, I guess senior and myself are three and two as well. Um, it's funny because so- you don't think of, uh, it, I think the one time they both were in the bottom was when they played each other was Ryan and Lewis. Yes, um, that would be correct. That's the funny thing. So you don't think of them being 
a bottom six scoring team. That's right. At all, but they played each other the one week they did. So weird. And they did it. Yeah, it was week four. It was one twenty five to one eighteen uh, to one sixteen. So <laughs> that was their their one week they did it. Um, and so the other metric we have is the theoretical total points, where the the highest score on a week gets twelve, the lowest score on a week gets one. And so this is maybe a more telling show of strength. We kind of talked about Daniel at the bottom having a score of seven, which is historically bad. It's probably historically bad on any five-week run of any point of any season. Um, and maybe you could pick the worst five yeah. weeks for any team during a season, and it might still be historically bad. Um, yeah. Honestly. And I don't have that data, but that's just a guess because you that's can't do much That worse. sounds right. <laughs> you can't do much worse than the worst score four out of five weeks and the third worst the other week. Yeah. Um, so not to continue to rag on Daniel. No, but it is quite something to, to – digest yeah <laughs> and, it, and it is fun to, to rag on daniel so we can keep doing that um so seven points in that metric by far the lowest um to give you a perspective the next was mike searles at 14 so he's doubled up on him the the highest is 47 points using this metric um so almost seven times the points that daniel has using this metric Jeez. but going from top to bottom we have daniel at seven we have mike searles at 14 we have Mike Staffel at 17. Um, and they, that's kind of a tier of its own, I would say, in this metric, because the next uh, lowest would be 30. Um, so that's almost a double up um, from the average of all those teams. And that would be Joey at 30, mm -hmm. um, followed by Jackson at 32, Jonathan at 34. Yep. And then we have myself at 39. So there's another kind of jump there. I'll yep. get a smaller one. Senior at 40. Stewart, 40 as well. So it's tied there with senior. Um, and that would be the fourth highest points in this metric, by the way. Uh, Lewis, third highest points in this metric, 43, which then mm -hmm. leaves Bryce and Ryan tied at 47 points in this metric. Um, so just another way to kind of look at the data and kind of put, you know, points to it and, and show different strengths and weaknesses. It makes um, me feel good because I'm two and three. My three losses are to Ryan, Bryce and Lewis, yeah. who are the three strongest teams so far in this, this metric, at least. So that that's, uh, I can tell you from firsthand experience, this feels correct. <laughs> So, yeah. other, and I'm looking other, forward to uh, when we play, Jonathan. <laughs> hey, well, <laughs> we're we're close enough. We might be we might be tied by the time we get no, there. No, I mean, we're not that we're not that close. <laughs> using this metric, the four we we hear a lot of talk about this division. Um, four of the top five in that metric are in that division. So, yep. Lewis being the anom anomaly there. Um, other kind of interesting items from this board. Um, is the lowest actual score for any given team. So who has the highest lowest score of the year? If y'all had to guess. Uh, is it not Bryce? It is Bryce. His lowest yeah. score through five weeks is 133 points. Yeah, he's been um, consistently good. That's pretty good. You, you look at the lowest score, which would be Mike Stoll, 72. Ryan is second in that metric of the lowest actual score at 125. Stuart, you're third at 124. Jonathan, you're fourth in that metric. Um, I, where's the standard deviation thing? Yeah, your standard <laughs> deviation to speak to that, to go to the highest 
actual score um, of 150 for you, Jonathan, that's one of the lower ones. And so right. your variance, you're living in the 120 to 150. I need a quarterback. <laughs> um, whereas you look at Stewart's variance, his lowest actual score um, is 124. His highest actual score is 200. Yeah. 200 yeah. So uh, quite the quite the swing there. Um, but the highest actual scores on the year, um, 200 for Stewart. Um, senior having the next highest score on the year, 187.66. And then Lewis this past week, um, posted his highest score, third by team on the year, of 186.66. Um, he's got a pretty high variance as well, being at 116 as his basement, 186 yeah. as his ceiling so far through the year. Um, worst teams in this matchup from a highest actual score, Daniel, um, 122, uh, Mike Saffel, 128, Mike Searles, 130. Um, so... And then Joey's only 138. So we just talked about, will Daniel hit 144? There's been four teams. There's four teams that four haven't done that yet. Haven't hit that number, Stuart. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, actually that's looking really good. good. Do you want to uh, loop? Do you want to loop Mike into his own bet? <laughs> I mean, I totally should. And double up on this. Yeah. I mean, you, you through four weeks. You have four teams who haven't scored that number. 139. We'll we even say go lower than that. Jeez. Um, where as you look at some of the average scores, you have one, two, three, four, five, six teams that are averaging more than that on the year. <laughs> six teams averaging more than they have scored just once. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that, that kind of puts perspective, I think, on what – this is more of a, and we can talk about this in power rankings a little bit more, but I think this is maybe more of a, or less parity this year, more of a top-heavy league than, than we maybe even realize um, than some previous years here. Um, and maybe that's because the bottom is just so bad. I don't know that answer. Um, but that metric tells you all you need to know there. We have six teams averaging more than 139 on the year which four teams haven't even scored through five weeks. And so yeah. my, my dad's kept his, his albeit very slim playoff chances alive with a lucky win. Because mm -hmm. if you look at Daniel and, and Mike, I, you could, you could just look at those three and say, they're more than likely going to end up uh, in the, in the uh, losers bracket. Um, there's a little tier with me, Jackson, Joey after that, where one of us could slip into that, but it feels like, Daniel Staffel and Mike Searles are going to be almost locks. If these trends continue, my dad gave himself a little bit of a chance with that lucky win, uh, because at the end of the day, this is all past data, right? So you could, he could all of a sudden just have a great run here um, and, and actually run off a couple of wins, but I don't see that changing. I mean, I think we've made clear arguments about why their teams struggle, but, uh, yeah, it's it's cool to see the data laid out this way. You need to share this with the league because it really does, I think, accurately break out into tiers where everyone's kind of sitting, and it yeah. does it does kind of reflect in our power rankings a bit too, as we'll talk about later. Yeah. So the other thing that you'll see in this when I post it is you've got an out. I've got projected scores in here as well, and the reason I have projected is because I want to know who's actually meeting expectation. You look at last year, Ryan is a great example of this, of a team that was constantly projected for the maybe even the highest score, top three score every single week, 
yet constantly underperformed. As you look at that, that uh, metric on the year, there's six teams who have actually scored more than their average projection. So their average actual score is higher than their actual projected score, uh, average projected score. Right. Um, and so obviously the, the teams that are winning are, are, are who, the, who they are. But even within the projected score, from a, from a variance standpoint, Dan, Mike Searles is actually the lowest on the year in average projected score. It's not Daniel. Now it's close, um, but it's right. Mike Searles. It's 123 points. His average actual score is only 108. So obviously significantly even underperforming a low projected <laughs> score. And Daniel's the same, projected for 126 as an average on the year, averaging actually 102, barely averaging 100 points <laughs> through five weeks, which is, which is insane. Mike Staffel projected for 134, doing 115 average. And I mean, Joey's yeah, 134, actually doing 126. So a lot of underperforming teams. And at some point you have to ask, is their team really underperforming or is their team just bad? Right. And so it's, it's similar to what the conversation was with Ryan. Ryan was a little bit more high profile this year, but these owners, they already know what I'm saying here because they felt it. They've been living it. Um, but this puts data, I think, to that to that metric. And so the, the last thing I'll kind of leave with um, on, from just kind of my takeaways on this um, is the average score winning score um, on any given week for the season is 135.9. So that is the average score. So theoretically, if you're doing above 135, right, you should be winning. We just talked about those teams who haven't even done 139, right? Um, and so within given weeks, this past week was actually the lowest actual average score on the season at 131. Um, but kind of, we talk about what is that number you kind of want to be trying to get to every week. It looks like it's that 135, right? Um, and so that's, that's kind of the, the benchmark more often than not, if you hit that 135, you're going to win. That'll be interesting to see how this uh, evolves with bye weeks and, you know, key players are going to, you know, be missing games that are typically heavy hitters. You talked yep. about your Josh Allen's, your Derrick Henry's, Eckler's and, and the like. Uh, but I think that's a pretty safe number. I feel like that's a number I've I've aimed for in the past. And it's nice to see that it's still pretty consistent and there's not kind of it hasn't moved a ton, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so. This, these are your highest actual scores for through the first five weeks. And I'll just read them. And this kind of maybe puts it into perspective of you, you get over the 135, you probably sometimes don't win because of, you're going against um, these scores. And, and week one, 176, that was Ryan. Week two was 200, that was Stewart. Week three was Bryce at 180. Week four was 187 with Senior. And then this past week was 186. Um, and so if you want to guarantee a win, you're talking getting in to about 190. Um, yeah. and so, you know, to put that in perspective, that's a lot of points. Um, mm -hmm. and so, yeah, the um, lowest high, the lowest high score on the week's 176. Yep. So you need to be guaranteeing, you need to be hitting that benchmark to even have a shot at guaranteed win. That's right. So if you're not hitting that, um, you know, there's a chance that you're going to lose and we've seen that already. Right. Yep. Um, you know, the highest, the most unlucky score on the season 
was a 150 points. That was you, Jonathan. Yep. 150 against points. Against Lewis. Yeah, against Lewis. Against we Lewis. Had we had 148. We had 147. We had 144 lose. Those are all teams that did above the average on the year. Right. That normally win. And so. Um, yeah, when you see like week three, like the low, like Mike got the lowest or the highest low score at 128, you're, you're like, well, that was just kind of, yeah, I don't know. That's just, you should lose. But then I've got a 128 and I won that week. So, you know, that's, that's a true definition of like a lucky win there. That's right. Uh, one last comment that I have just is in looking at this and going through all this. First of all, David, thank you for taking the time to put all this together. Yeah, mine's, say, my sheet's coming out uh, in a couple weeks. Yeah, just, okay, good. It'll be. <laughs> Can y'all post? Are y'all able to post a PDF? I'll let y'all try and figure out how to post it because oh. I've tried. I've I've ended up having to do pictures, which never looks as good. Yeah, that's. I'll give it. Say. I'll you give it a just, shot. You could just you could just screenshot it and post it. Um, and and this really isn't a jab at, at Staffel, but I would say looking at that. <laughs> It's a good start. Go on. <laughs> just just looking at the um you know, Mike was I mean, what wasn't he like twelve and two last season? I mean he was yeah, I think one of the in one the of metric, the best teams. Yeah, so I have it here. He in the top six, bottom six metric, he tied you, he was eleven and three in that metric. His, his highest um sorry, it's this is gonna be messed up. His Total points, the theoretical total points, we just said it's 47 for Bryce and Ryan through five weeks. He did 120.5, which okay. was the highest um, actually last year. Um, yeah, so it just it's a little surprising to me. I, I'd have to go back and look to see. I think he might have traded one or two early picks, but I think he had most of his picks this year. So to go from being one of the best teams to one of the worst teams to not scoring more, I mean, his highest points this year is 128. I mean, I know part of that has to do with Jonathan Taylor, right? He didn't – that was out of – obviously, all of this is out of <laughs> out of his control. But, you know, that's – you would never say don't keep Jonathan Taylor. But um, I don't know. I'm just surprised. You know, we questioned his Cam Akers pick with, at, at, in the first round this, this season. So that's maybe part of it too, some poor selections and things like that. But it's just surprising to me how – um, you know, he was at the top of all of our boards and points and everything last year. And to see him through five games being this low, Daniel, it makes sense because Daniel kind of sold his, I mean, intentionally. I mean, he let us know I'm I'm not making good picks in the first few rounds anyway, so I might as well not have any. Um, and the, I think he's determined that's not a great strategy. Right? Yeah. Mike, Mike Searles, um, you know, this is not a slam on him, but he's he's usually towards the bottom anyway. So Staffel to me is just the one that's a, a surprise this year. Yeah, I mean his lowest score looking at it as you're talking, Stuart, since you brought it up, last year was 119. On uh, through 14 weeks, 119 points is lowest score. His highest was 222. Through four weeks this year, he's failed to meet that bar four times. Yeah. Yeah. And he barely crossed over it with 128. <laughs> yeah, that's that's shocking. Yeah, I, I I would say he's probably been the most surprising. Um, if you look at our initial power rankings, I mean, that what speaks for surprise more than our initial rankings, right? What are our initial thoughts coming out? Um, 
you know, he, it's surprising, but we had him 12th cumulatively coming out of week one. And so, um, so I don't know. It's a surprise. No, probably out coming out of the draft, but historically, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just a quick side note. I was able to successfully drop the documents in the sleeper chat. So for those of okay. you listening to this, it'll make a lot more sense now since we dropped it before the podcast, but um, feel free to follow along. Um, it, it really the first, uh, the first PDF is really what we've been talking about. The, the big board. So um, you'll, you'll get to enjoy that along with the rest of us. What Fantastic. else? Uh, we want to just do Moo Moo real quick. We already kind of talked about it. Do we even need to talk about it? Uh, no, Jonathan, just go ahead and put on the cow suit. Chocolate Moo Moo Milk, winner of the week. That was the fastest Moo Moo Milk award ever. Um, and it was about as quick as Gabe Davis scored his first touchdown. So <laughs> it just lines up perfectly. Uh, his second touchdown catch was uh, pretty impressive too. Yeah, I feel like that one was it was more impressive just the way yeah. the skill he took to to go get the ball. But yeah, uh, yeah, good player. Oh my gosh, there's not um, many. There's not many of those 98, 99 yard touchdowns, no. running or passing. So that's that's a impressive feat. I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, this is a little, I mean, it's fantasy related, but the Bills Chiefs game this week, I mean, there should be a lot of points scored. So fingers crossed a couple, yeah. couple more bombs go uh, Gabe Davis's way. Interesting. Bills have a good defense. The Bills do have a good defense, but they also have a good offense. That's all I need. <laughs> I don't care what the Chiefs do. On right, yeah, sorry. I was, that was more of a Chiefs comment, not a Bills comment. Yeah. Not, I mean, hey, look, Andy Reid knows how to game plan, just like Belichick. Yeah, for so sure. should yeah. be interesting. For sure. All right. Um, do you all want to cover some of the trades that have been made since we've been in my air? Do we have time or do you just want to go pick sure. some? Where are we at? That's the trade segment thing. There you go. <laughs> Teed you up before. Yeah, I've been. Yeah, I've been saving it though. Um, yeah. So, uh, Stuart, do you have the trades uh, lined up, or or does anybody? I guess yeah, I I've got, I've got them here. I'm trying to find okay, the, latest, the latest one that we haven't talked about. I feel like it's um, hard to it's hard to view on the. Uh, we talked about the Terry McLaurin, Mike Evans, right? So. The one that was made after that, I guess, was between Daniel and myself, and y'all kind of covered that last podcast. Um, feeling good about the most portion of that. By Did the way. you see Kamara is uh, officially being charged with a lawsuit? Oh no, I did see that. I didn't see I it. There was no, there was no timeline. I don't think, but uh, I think it's official. So this is what Daniel feared out of Kamara, yeah. but. You know, and that's, I don't think like, we gonna trade. Gonna gonna trade is like he's not a keeper for you because you don't know. I mean, he might not play next year for all we know. Right. It's so, not going to happen this year. Right. So that's why I, I guess, took that risk that it doesn't happen this year. I don't think it will, but, um, you know, it made sense for Daniel, I would say. Um, but yeah, we covered that. 
or y'all covered that last time. So since the last podcast, we had um, the trade that was mentioned earlier between Bryce and Ryan. Um, Bryce receiving DK Metcalf and Deontay Johnson um, and giving away Curtis Samuel and Kenneth Walker. I don't know if I buy in on Ken Walker. I haven't watched a whole lot of him, but I've watched enough DK Metcalf this season to say I think he's finally getting the targets. I think that was a good pick or good trade for Bryce. Uh, And then Deontay Johnson, I don't know. Stuart, you owned him last year. He can be amazing, but I don't think the Steelers' offense is quite what he used to be. So that might be just a throw-in pick or throw-in receiver. I don't think he's going to be as special as he was last year in any way. I don't either, but I mean, he he's hands down better than Curtis Samuel. <laughs> yeah, so. that seems that seems odd. So clearly, the way it, the way it reads to me is Ryan believes Ken Walker is the best player in this deal, and yeah, because he's yeah. given up the next two best guys. Um, well, and I'm a lot of that probably has to do with Rashad Penny too going out. No, for sure. Like Ken Walker's gonna be the running back there. He had carries for eighty-eight yards and such. Now he did. He did well with what he did. I just, I didn't know if he. I haven't watched a lot of Ken Walker. It's just a lot to put into a rookie. And um, I, in fairness, Ryan's team, he's already loaded at wide receiver. This is a luxury right. for him. This well, is that, what this that's is exactly about. Right. Ryan. Ryan is one that can take that risk i feel like one of the few teams that can take that risk and so i mean i don't fault him for it but i definitely think that as i see it i would say bryce definitely got the better better end of that would ryan for sure would ryan have taken ken walker for Najee harris to start the season (laughs) i don't think he would have but i think now he would have I'm going back and looking at Ryan's trades because I, as I kind of evaluate this, I actually want to evaluate his previous trades because he acquired DK Metcalf. The first one that we is I actually pulled up was the Dalvin Cook trade. The yep. Dalvin Cook trade, he sent a first and a second next year and Ramondre Stevenson. Ooh, I didn't um, know Ramondre was on that. Yeah, I thought so he drafted Ramondre, Ramondre in a first and second. And wow. I'm not sh- all that sure that Dalvin actually outscores Ramondre this week. I need to look at that a little bit more. Um, but the point is that's close, <laughs> um, especially with Harris out. And so that's been a trade that I think has probably aged much better for Jackson, um, which they go one way or another always anyway. Um, at the time, obviously, wasn't the <laughs> wasn't the case. But the other trade Ryan made, to kind of put this in perspective, was he, and it was between you and Jonathan, Ryan and Jonathan, yep. in which he got DK Metcalf and Chase Edmonds, or Melvin Gordon and Gabe Davis. And so I said at the time I'd rather take Gabe Davis over Metcalf. I, that's still the case, as evidenced by this past week. Um, and then Melvin Gordon, that's aged very well with Javante getting hurt. Um, and then the Chase Edmonds. I think that is the portion of this trade that kind of forced Ryan to do this. It's Chase Edmonds, and we said at the time that he's probably going to be a solid floor. He's been anything but that. I think he had two carries this past week, and he had, uh, you know, similar the week before that. Yeah, Mozart is. And so I see this as Ryan having to give up more. Yeah, I think he's given up more on all these trades. Yeah. (laughs) And I think you've seen – I mean, I I think his roster is a little bit weaker at this point than it was at the beginning of the year. 
is what I yeah. was, how, how I'll frame that up. And so this trade continues that trend. Um, now, all that to be said, we'll talk about power rankings here in a second. I've got Brian very high. Um, he's still got one of the best teams. And to your point, he can afford to do it. Yep. But these are all depth moves that that is just interesting as you look back, you know, in hindsight, it's 2020, right? Right. So I see that as the same where I, I might argue he gave up the best two players in the deal. That's what I was going to say. That's how I feel about it. I, I when I saw the trade go through, I was like, man, Bryce is just making out like a bandit with this trade, especially with his team. He needed help at receiver and say what you want about Deontay Johnson. He's better than what he was running out there himself. Like, I mean, Bryce was like, I'll take Deontay Johnson, but DK Metcalf alone was worth it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I mean, Deontay, it's- Deontay's had a hard, you look at his game log. He's had a tough schedule. He's got 12 targets, 10 targets, 11 targets, four, which is an anomaly, and then 13. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and he's got a much better slate of games up ahead. I still don't, you know, love the quarterback situation and the offense just in general. But, yeah, I mean, there's, there's you know, reason for optimism there, the way I see it, given who he's had to play. And then, yeah, you said DK. It all comes down to Kenneth Walker and how he does. And it comes down to the fact that I think Ryan needed a running back because the running backs he's kind of targeted through this or given up um, haven't panned out. And ever since, and this is anecdotal, but I feel like ever since Marshawn Lynch left, it's been more of a committee thing in Seattle. So to put a lot of eggs in the Kenneth Walker basket, I guess that's my hesitation is Pete Carroll will, to your point, Stuart, I think you made a, a joke, or I don't know if you're serious in the in the chat, but DJ Dallas, I think, will get touches, and Travis Homer, just some of these guys that are not going to actually be valuable for fantasy will just steal touches near the goal line or just touches and drives in general and then suck away from what could be a great, uh, I guess, just time or just just a great uh, amount of touches for for Kenneth Walker. I think part of kind of the, the question too is how good are the Seahawks going to be? I mean, their offense to this point has actually been one of the top offenses in the league. Yeah. Um, if that continues, then there's a good chance that Kenneth Walker is the best player in this trade. And if that's the case, Ryan wins the deal, right? Right. Um, but that's what's going to need to happen, I think, for that to be the case. And so I see this more of a question of what do you think that Seattle offense is? And I know you've got Geno Smith over there. Um, I'm not, uh, I've been shopping Gino. <laughs> I think okay, Gino, well, that the question. I, I, I think Seattle, it, Seattle is just like Detroit. And that's what's ironic is they, when they played each other, they both went just berserk. They have bad defenses <laughs> and, and competent quarterback play with great weapons on offense. And I think that leads to a recipe of ups and downs. And uh, it, once you run into some of these teams that can game plan against you, I think you're gonna your your warts are gonna be shown and exposed. And at that point, you're gonna not have these nasty games. I hope I'm wrong. Um, I'm right now saddled with both Goff and <laughs> Geno Smith, so <laughs> it's just from personal experience. I'm watching this play out, and I'm like, man, it's hard to predict who's gonna have the better week and who's gonna. Just because you have a bad defense doesn't mean you're gonna have production on offense it means you have opportunity to go make big plays but you still got to make the plays so Geno Smith's been great so far we'll see man I'm looking at this I don't know if this is right it can't be right (laughs) this is Curtis Samuel the number 13 receiver on the year what (laughs) 
What? I okay. First off, there are some bugs with sleeper, and I I chalk it up on the on the defensive no, player stuff. This week, I guess he only did one point six on Thursday. But to that point, I think there are some bugs in sleeper. It's specifically the defensive players. It doesn't like I'll have a linebacker that's yeah. doing well, and it'll say he's ranked four hundred and thirty seventh in linebacker or something. And are you just, checking that, Stewart? I'm trying not to get off the trade transactions. Uh, uh so Curtis Samuel is 14.6, six, nineteen point five, nine point nine, five point eight, nine point two, one point six. 9.9, 5.8, 9.2, 1.6. There's no way he could be. Th- yeah, 13. I, that's what my first thought was when I clicked on it. <laughs> you click on it right now, that's what it shows. Um, so while you're looking at that, Stuart, um, I guess y'all want to give grades on that. I think it's a little bit in the favor of Bryce. Obviously, all, like all trades, to be determined. <coughs> um I understand it for both sides. I just like it for Bryce a little bit more. Yeah, give me Bryce. I, that, that was my initial take on it. I, mean, I, I just, do a B plus and a B minus. I don't feel strongly so strongly. To, and I, that's why I kind of hesitated with the Ken Walker thing because I just I just don't know enough about him. I didn't watch him in college, and I didn't get to see any of the Seattle game this past week. So I I don't know. It's uh, it's always risky to bank on rookie production always, but he's done well so far so let's see if he keeps it up but otherwise give me the proven commodity of dk metcalf and even deontay johnson for that matter yeah so then i guess there's only been one other trade since that one and the last podcast which was actually executed today we briefly talked about it earlier jeff wilson jr for james robinson so um i don't know what else to say besides i've got by the way I've got Curtis Samuel at, Samuel at 23. Yeah. So I don't know what that whole 13 thing is. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, you know what? You know what I'll it is? I, I'm pretty sure that PPR ranking is true PPR. I don't think that's half point. So that's I think that's the problem. I think he does have more receptions, but even then, golly. I don't know. Something's yeah, off 20, there. 23 is, is correct. So He's weird. got sixty point six fantasy points. Yeah, sixty point six fantasy points. I just screenshotted what <laughs> shows on my app. Yeah, <laughs> so stupid. Okay, well we all knew it, and obviously it's not true. Yeah, that's odd. Um, Stewart, you have any thoughts on the James Robinson for Jeff Wilson Jr.? Do yeah. you care? What, one, do you care? That's a great question. But two, if you do, what do you what do you think of? trying to go after a backfield or this was the debate I had in my head. Should I diversify my assets here? I've got Elijah Mitchell. I think he is the starter when he comes back and is healthy and I could have him and James Robinson who has been the guy in Jacksonville, but as of late, it's been more of a timeshare. So what would you do in the, and if you were in my shoes or if, or what do you think the right answer would be if you had the opportunity to own a backfield or to diversify your, your assets. I'd probably go with owning the backfield. I'd probably do what I guess you both did. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, that's essentially what you both did. I would say, I would say that um, because you know, one of those guys is going to get the majority of the touches and it. It's not, I wouldn't say that either of those are really true splits. I mean, I would say that, I mean, San Francisco has been weird just because they've had 
injuries and all of that kind right. of stuff. And so the, right. I feel like they've bounced from running back to running back for years. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, it's a safe bet to say one of those two guys you have are, is going to be the primary running back scorer. And, mm-hmm. and truly the same could be said for, Robinson and ETN. It's going to be one of those two. So, I mean, philosophically, you could say, and this is kind of a terrible way to approach it, but kind of talking yourself into like a safety net of, well, at the very least, if the guy I start isn't the right one, then the other guy's on my bench and he's not being used against me. I don't know. Like, he's not out there being utilized by somebody else. I can just eventually get this right. Um, I th- I think in bye weeks too. I mean, there's situations where it makes sense to start both of them. You know, if you had AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, um, you know, I'm probably starting both of them. If right, you know, depending on my roster, um, I've had times where I've considered starting DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, which you would have been um, right most weeks to do. And so the point is, you have backfields like that though, where there's there's just value, and, right? And yeah, you maybe cap your upside a little bit. But at the end of the day, you want to put players that are going to score the most amount of points on your given roster. Right. So that sometimes means two people from the same backfield. Well, there's even been, even with someone that is the dominant back, like uh, Dalvin Cook, right? There's been, there's been reason to start Madison and Cook together if you had them both, right? Right. I know, I know Madison is more of a handcuff than these other two guys that that were traded uh, because neither of them are handcuffs, but, um, yeah, kind of going to your Dylan, Aaron Jones point. I mean, Aaron Jones is definitely the primary back. I mean, we weren't sure about that coming in. Like, how how much of a split was that going to be? But they're handcuffs from a from a definitely from a fantasy standpoint. But I think the NFL teams will trust them just about as much near the goal line in certain situations, just because hey, this is Madison's drive, right? They're not yeah. they're not going to call the play differently. They trust him as almost as much as they trust Cook. I mean, so, one of the, one of the things I when I had the third pick, you know, in the draft this year, Jones was somebody that I definitely considered with that pick, Aaron Jones. Um, and one of my things that I thought process through that was, you know, if I draft Jones, and I think everyone maybe had this as it relates to the two of them, was am I going to draft Dylan? And part of me actually wanted to grab both of them for that same reason because you know there's going to be touchdowns that are scored, right. and you're basically securing that, and yep. so. Um, you know, it's it's there's different strategies, and that's one of them. And so, yeah. it just it depends. Uh, on the a, day, on the a, those are the teams you want, the players you want. So, on a suckier level, that's why I kind of wanted Brian Robinson, right? Because <laughs> I mean, that, that's on a sucky team and a sucky offense. But having Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, um, they're very different players, and so right. they're you they're both used. Um, and both decent, I guess, you know, they're, neither of them are great yet, but I, I mean, there's huge upside. I feel like for Robinson, for sure. If, if they keep giving him the ball, but anyway, cool. Yeah. All right. You guys want to move on to some power rankings? Cause we can actually see the power rankings this week. <laughs> Let's, do, Let's it. do it. Power rankings. And guess well, what? Everyone, everyone can follow along because this has been dropped in the chat. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know how you did that, but thank you for doing that. 
Um, I physically dragged and dropped it into the chat on the desktop. Oh, you did it from your desktop? Yeah. Oh, see, I've only tried it from my phone. Yeah. Um, I don't use the desktop sleeper really at all. It is actually horrible to do, but when we're podcasting, that's the only time I use it. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we kind of covered a lot of details and data and you know things that kind of lead us to power rankings. And so um, whatever hasn't been said, feel free to chime in. Um, but coming in at number one on the week, he was number one the last time uh, we did this here. Um, it's, it's Ryan Palomo, number one on both of y'all's boards. He's number two on my board Mm. Um, because I have Bryce number one on my board in which y'all have Bryce three Bryce coming in at number two, by the way, um, along with Lewis in a tie for number two, because both of y'all have Lewis at two and I have Lewis at three. So all equals the same cumulative rankings, um, but a one, two, and three. Lewis moving up one spot from the previous time we did this exercise. Um, David Sr. coming in at number four. He's fourth on your board, Stuart, fifth on mine, fifth on Jonathan's. So pretty close there. Uh, No real anomalies. The biggest discrepancy on the week is this one here. Um, (laughs) It is Stuart coming in at number five which you're, Stuart, you and I are tied at five, but we're going to really talk about you here, which I know you love. Um, Stuart, yes, please. I have you at four. Um, you have yourself at five. Jonathan has you at seven. That is the biggest difference in any of our power rankings on the week um, from actuality and the biggest range from really four to seven. Um, so Jonathan hates you. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, was... I, I won last, last week and dropped a spot. So, yeah. <laughs> No, Jonathan really, really knows what he's doing here. Uh, you moved up a spot. Uh, well, from, from, from my individual rankings. Oh, gotcha. That is correct. Yeah, it, that's just because everyone moved down. It wasn't because uh, you moved oh, down. Everyone good, moved down you. a spot. Uh, I, I think I moved uh, senior up significant. Or no. I was seven last week on Jonathan's board. There you go. See, I'm just um, jumping you. I'm just bumping yeah. you guys around at the seven you'll be, spot. You'll be four next week, so don't worry. <laughs> yeah, you you uh, do have yourself ahead of me, which uh, is the funniest thing I've seen this week. Oh well, um, yeah. I just wanted to uh, set the record straight that uh, uh-huh. my team. We'll get to my team, but my team will be uh, ahead of your team by the end of the season. That's all that matters. Oh, okay. Okay. So Stuart coming in at fifth. I'm also fifth. Stuart, you moved up a spot. I fell a spot to fifth. Um, I've got myself at six. Stuart, you got me at six. Jonathan, you got me at four. So close there. Jonathan, you're coming in at number seven here. Um, Stuart and I have you seven. You have yourself sixth. So you are. You do have yourself ahead of Stuart. Um, Seven's and- probably the right spot, but I didn't want Stuart to be ranked ahead of me. Yeah. Uh, when do y'all play? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I've circled it on my enough. calendar. Though. It's a few weeks from now. Not soon enough. Because next Not week I play enough. you, David, and then uh, I, I think I play Stuart when Derek. Uh, somebody has a buy. I can't remember. Golly, I don't play Stuart till week eleven. And by so, then he'll be out of the playoffs, and it won't even yeah, matter. I mean, he'll, be, he'll be four and seven, so <laughs> right four and six. By then, he'll, um, by then, all his quarterbacks will have seven quarterbacks on his roster. <laughs> by then, he will have traded four first-round picks for Lamar Jackson. All will be right. 
Um, you're welcome. Yeah. Oh, you've been talking to Joey. That's what he's offering. So. <laughs> that what he's that's, asking? That's the baseline. Yeah, that's what he's asking. I mean, no, I have not talked to Joey, but uh, good. Yeah. Oh, I've been. Need Tyler to help facilitate this to soften this. Just let me know. Um, <laughs> coming in, uh, so Jonathan, you're number seven on the week. So our number eight, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve, we actually agree on completely. Yeah, um, we have the exact same rankings, and in that order. Um, it is Jackson at eight, Joey at nine, Mike Searles at 10, Mike Staffel at 11, and Daniel at 12. So, um, you don't see that too often where we agree on five teams completely in the same order. I think that's well, and again, I I was surprised at the the uh, me, Jackson, and Joey. Uh, falling in that or Jackson and Joey fall in that order for you guys more so specifically, but the, the uh, Mike Searles, Staffel and Daniel, I was not at all. I was like, this is, this is the most obvious tier out of all the tiers. Right. And it's the saddest tier. It's the one you want to cry over the most. Uh, but it's, it's, I really think if I, if anyone wants to take a water bet out of this group that you guys well, will end up in the, in the losers bracket, I think this is a lock. Staff, well, I was going to ask what odds would you have to set, take to say otherwise? Well, that's the thing is my dad's at two and three. So again, just looking at record, he's, I mean, nobody's really out of it. Um, so I don't feel like I need to give odds, but if I did, I'll go, I'll go two to one odds. Yeah, I'll let you water me twice if all three of them don't end up in the losers bracket. I mean, it's for, it's hard to. <laughs> if, see, I feel like the only way someone takes that bet is if I go like ten to one odds or something. Well, that's what I was saying. Is I feel like <laughs> you you say Mike Searles has two wins and he does, but he's still out of the playoffs right now. Yeah, no, Dude. that's for sure. His points for is not going to help him. <laughs> if you so, if you just looked at the. Uh, just our rankings, forget the tiers for a second from a, we rank these guys one through three. You kind of have a couple different tiers. You have Ryan, Bryce, and Lewis. We, those are our first three place, one through three votes on power rankings. They change a little bit. And then you've got a group of senior Stewart, myself, and then you, Jonathan, where we've either given different grades from four to seven. And then eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, we talked about it's all the same. And so, um, are those the tiers? Are they a little bit different? Obviously, we know there's a bottom tier. I, I see it a little differently. I do see a top tier in Ryan Bryce Lewis. I see a bottom tier in, uh, as I mentioned, Staffel, my dad, and Daniel. But then I see another breakup right there. I, th- I see senior you and y'all two in a different tier where you guys, I'd almost bet the opposite. I would, I'd bet that you guys are locks to make the playoffs. Um, where me, Jackson, and Joey, one of us is going to end up on the outs. And so I feel like the three of us have similar, if you go back to your big board, we have similar outputs in like our average score, projected scores, um, and our records currently. So I think that's kind of the, the way I kind of see it breaking down. I, you could argue, you could push those other two, the middle two tiers together for, for us, but I, I think it's, if you if we had these matchups every week between the six of those teams, we would constantly be the ones being uh, picked to lose. Me, Joey, so, and, and Jackson. So the one question I wanted to ask, and I agree with pretty much all of that. I think the theoretical yeah. point metric, I, as y'all look at that, kind of maybe even reveals that. 
you know, through the year. And I don't know if that's all that. I mean, I think that's more right than not is how I'll put it. Right. Um, you know, one of my questions is Lewis really in that top tier, though. And the reason I say this is because Josh Allen has had every single game this year. He scored at least 25 points. Um, I heard someone saying that through the week, Josh Allen has been a top five quarterback every single week on the year. This past week, he did 53 points. The one week that he did 25 points was coincided with Lewis's least amount of points scored on the year at 116. And my, and my point here is if Josh Allen, and, and we're talking about probably the MVP, right? But if he has a poor game, is his team good enough to overcome it the way that Ryan and Bryce can? Um, meaning he's really riding one player more so than those two, I think. And because of that, not granted, it's the best player and the highest scoring player in the league, but is that enough to keep him in that tier? So there's two guys that uh, during that week that he posted his lowest score that were on his bench that I think are very big players that are different difference makers. One of them being Brees Hall. We already covered that. So he had started Michael Carter that week, which was a mistake. Um, and it cost him a double digit difference, um, which would have probably given him the win. Just switching out Brees Hall for Michael Carter. Of course, Michael Carter to that point was kind of the guy or sharing that backfield and maybe the safer bet, whatever. Regardless, Brees Hall. And then you've got George Kittle on the bench as well. Um, if George Kittle becomes who George Kittle is, especially with Garoppolo back and there's more continuity there. Now you're talking about a guy who can be in that tier pretty pretty confidently. I don't think Josh Allen's going to have very many letdown games. Uh, you could make an argument for most of the teams in that top tier. Um, if their best player falls off, then they will you know, be more susceptible to losses. We talked about it with, with Ryan even having that 125 uh, output against Lewis in the same week. So, give yeah, tell, I think Lewis belongs there. And I, I'm speaking from having experienced what it looks like <laughs> firsthand. And I just, it's hard to bet against Josh Allen, Nick Chubb, and some of those other guys he has. Yeah, for sure. And Lewis is in a much easier division. I mean, that's the other thing I'd Unfortunately, say. Unfortunately, that's true. I'm by, I'm by <laughs> far in the easiest division with Joey, Mike Staffel, and Daniel. Which, yeah. You know, what the heck? We have to play them twice, right? So you get six wins, and then what else? Like, you can go three and whatever against the I rest of the league. To, I probably don't have to win any more games to make the playoffs <laughs> with, this, with this group that we've got here. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah, for sure. So that that's why... But that's, you know, that's going to play into Lewis, you know, into his favor as well with his division. And it's also going to maybe cancel out the Ryan, Bryce, and Senior, and Stewart. I mean, that's four of the top five in these power rankings. So. Hey, not to not to harp on you real quick, but you are, your only wins do come against your division, correct? That's correct, yes. Okay. Just want to <laughs> make a quick note of that. Hey. I'm okay. I'm going six wins in my division, guys. <laughs> Win the division. That's all that matters. Oh, yes. I, I do. Don't division winners get an automatic playoff berth? They do. They, yeah. they can be the eighth seed, but they well, get they automatic playoff berths. Guys, I've got three of a possible six wins. You think I won the division? <laughs> yes. Um, well, that's our power rankings. Cool. So, Stuart, any 
parting thoughts with power rankings before we moved into the picks of the week? No, I would probably say I I would I would um... picks of the week. We gotta move it along. I, I think I'm gonna take you up on that. I'm gonna come uh, get all your equipment uh, <laughs> this week sometime, and I'm gonna start running this thing. You know what? It would be worth it just to see you operate this stuff. It would be <laughs> super comical. Uh, just be a three ring circus around here. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, okay. Sorry. Go ahead and finish your thoughts before we move into picks of the week. Oh no, 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 no. We're moving on. <laughs> okay, good. Picks of the week. We've got. Um, you want to cover where we're at, David, as far as uh, our standings? Did you already say that? Yeah, yeah. So I just I'll recap again. Yeah, so it's sixty-four for myself through the through the picks that we've made. Fifty-nine for Stewart and fifty-eight for Jonathan. So. Oh man. Yeah, I'm at the bottom. Sorry about that. I'm at the bottom now. It took a yeah. near Jonathan, perfect week for you know, Stewart. Six, you can make up six points in a week really easily. Week three, Jonathan, you had 19 points and Stewart had 13. So, I mean, you can make yeah. up six points. It's not that big of a, a big of a spread, honestly. Yeah. it's uh, uh, And you know what? We're going to start with my matchup versus Joey. But, you know, just because that is my six point, and I believe it's someone else's six point, but it's not everyone's six pointer. Mm. Okay. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that. It's and my six pointer. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's it's me to beat Joey. And uh right now I'm favored by twenty points. Uh the only the only matchup uh that I'm really worried about um head to head here is Lamar Jackson over Geno Smith. I will cede that to Lamar Jackson uh almost every time. Fournette Fournette, I guess Fournette's good. Um, he'll be fine. But after that, I there's no one on Joey's team that sh- should even belong on a roster. He should just <laughs> he should just cut them. He should. He, they, this looks like Mike Staffel's roster. What's going on here? I don't understand. I'm just I'm just flame throwing Joey's roster right now, along with Mike Staffel, who's collateral damage. Um, I like all of my I like all of my matchups. They're all green. If you look at the uh, the wow. individual players matchups against the uh, the their uh, opposing defenses, and so Daryl Henderson, who was left for dead, is now starting because for some reason Cam Akers is not playing for personal reasons, and it's uh, very sketchy. Sean McVay is like, yeah, we're keeping it in house. And he, they've already declared him out, and it's not an injury. It's just like personal. It sounds like Calvin Ridley type things. Uh, so this could be a steal. Uh, Daryl Henderson, line him up, put him in. He is locked and loaded at 15 points this week. I guarantee you, he gets that. Stewart, wow, water bet that. Daryl Henderson, 15.67. He covers his projection. Oh, absolutely. I'll water bet that. Yes. Water bet. I'm just coming out guns a blazing. Well, give me He's he sucks, man. He sucks. <laughs> That's not great analysis. If your analysis was the uh, the Rams offensive line is not doing well and Matthew Stafford is struggling, I would buy that. But I think Henderson's the same guy. He just needs opportunities. 
Yeah, yeah 11 point, a 11 11.1, 11.7, 2.1, 6.1, 5. Yeah, he's solid. <laughs> I'm surprised he's you're not starting Melvin Gordon. Uh, I did you guys have you guys watched the Broncos play football? <laughs> yeah, I've watched a lot of the Broncos uh, <laughs> incorrectly betting on that offense. Yeah, I am scared of that offense. I Melvin Gordon's going to get the touches, but you want to talk about you know coming down to touchdowns? I don't think Melvin Gordon gets a, a red zone look this next week. I just he barely wow. got one last last week. So the Chargers are a bad run run defense. Maybe this is a bad bet, but. I also think Mike Boone's going to take away more touches. So give me, give me Daryl Henderson. I'm running with old faithful from last year. Yeah. Give me me in a six point tsunami. Tsunami. Washing that S that runs down the hill. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we just talked about Joey not being able to get to 139 points. In fact, he hasn't been able to get to 130. Yeah, nine points, actually. 139? He did 138. I thought it was 133. Um, <laughs> I don't think uh, he gets to that number this week. Um, Lamar would be the reason that he would get there. And New York is Watch actually out for those giants. Man, four and one. I can't believe that. But they, their defense is is part of that reason. Yeah, is what I was gonna say. Um, Brian Dable's a good coach. Yeah, it's it's more so the D. Everyone's talking about Saquon Barkley, and he's been fine. And, and Daniel Jones is just doing enough just to get it done. I think it's been more about that defense. Same reason the Cowboys are four and one. Correct. Um, their offense hasn't been lighting up. And my point in all that is, is I think that probably puts a cap on what Lamar is gonna do. And I think because of that, it's I, it's going to be an uphill battle combined with the facts of you've got really awesome matchups this week. Would you say? Um, would you say you'd be running up that hill battle? I think you wouldn't say hill. that. I would say that. No, but hey, listen. To add on to that, Saquon Barkley, I think, is going to just play keep away from Lamar Jackson. So, uh, yeah, I think Lamar. I don't want to bet against Lamar, but. If Lamar has a bad game or under his projection, I wouldn't be that shocked even the matchup. I mean, just his players is meh. He has no one. (laughs) Meh. Devin Duvernay, Corey Davis, Tony Pollard, and and I just there's not a lot of ceiling for any of these guys. Um, so I just he's gonna need that ceiling to beat you is the way I see this, because he's going to need to put... I think you're going to exceed your projection of 135 this week. You don't think 115.9 gets it done? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> um, he might score more than that, but I don't think he's scoring more than your projection. And oh, I think gotcha. he's going to need to. So, All right, with all that solid analysis, let's hear from the other non-commissioner on the podcast. <laughs> Who do you got? Man. Um... You know, I looked at this matchup and I saw all of the green on Jonathan's side. Um, but, you know, then I saw some wind blowing in uh, <laughs> in the Miami game and the Kansas City game. And I'm like, you know, I'm just – there's this, a strange wind uh, blowing uh, with this matchup. Said. And so I'm kind of throwing – I usually give really great expert analysis, 
I'm throwing all that out the window, and I'm just going on my gut. I have a feeling Lamar Jackson um, is going to light up the Giants. I'm disagreeing with Dude, the comments. Dude is not the missioner. You beg your pardon? Dude is not the missioner. That is a very <laughs> unkind thing to say, and it is way too late for you to be up. Um. Tony Pollard is going to come out of the closet, so to speak, this week. Um, So, I have. In what context is that work here? I said, so to speak, so to speak. Meaning. I said, with all due respect. Yeah, I'm explaining. He's been in the closet with his points, and now he's coming out scoring big time. And he's so Joey's gonna win. I'm not super confident in that. I've got Joey winning uh, with a confidence level of two. Jonathan, yeah. we just talked about six points not being enough. That's an eight point matchup for you right there. Upstairs. Yeah, that's Whoa. that's game over. You know, let's just water bet it while we're at it. Fine, <laughs> fine. Water bet. Mm, okay, there's I a lot riding that. on this game. I gotta jot that down too. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I just I wanted to start out hot and heavy wow. on that one. I'm just gonna take it easy for the rest of these matchups. Okay, well I'll go into the next one then. We've got the Koopas Troopas versus the Master Bait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just recalling that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Stuart, you've had Carson Wentz and Gibson play. They gave you 11.66 points. Uh, Daniel had McLaurin give him 6.9 and Roquan give him 15 and a half. He's at 22. You're at 11 projected 119 to 115 in Daniel's favor. Um, yeah, I can see why you were hedging a little bit, saying some nice things about Daniel <laughs> earlier as I kind of yeah. match up. Um, yeah. And, you know, Daniel's going to have to win at some point. And <laughs> I just want him to beat you. So for that reason alone, I'm going to pick Daniel with a one-point confidence. Oh, my goodness. I did. I just saw that. Because guess what? I, too, have Daniel with the upset over Stewart. And I think he might win handily. Oh, <laughs> You think that's ridiculous? I think it's pretty ridiculous. But I also hear when I whenever I listen to the podcast and I hear that that that, that Jewel song in particular <laughs> stays in my head for days, for days. I I was singing it the other day, and Allison's like, "Why are you singing a Jewel song?" And I was like, "You have no idea." It, it will take me twenty minutes to explain it. So yeah. just. I just, I'm a fan of Jewel. Move on. Yeah. You don't go around singing the tsunami song? <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, I just realized how long this podcast is. Yeah, uh, we, need, so <laughs> we need to get I've got going. myself with a confidence ranking of three, but I think it's going to be close. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if I lose, honestly, but I'm, I'm, I'm still I'm betting on myself. So I got myself at a, at a three. Mm. Uh, you want me to do the next one? Yeah, I'll sure. Do, I'll do Lewis and Lewis and David. Um, so we've got Lewis That's and what she David. Said. 
What did I say? I don't even know what I said. Okay. You'll hear um, it back. <laughs> so, so David is favored to win, which is a surprise because of how uh, much we've been talking up Lewis. Um, but Lewis has some tough matchups, but uh, you know, the Josh Allen at 30 points going up against Kansas city, I have a feeling uh, he may score uh, 40 or 50. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Brees Hall does. Nick Chubb, Marquez Valdez, Scantling. Um, I've got Lewis in uh, what may be considered a bit of an upset, and I'm I'm pretty confident in that actually. So I'm going to go with Lewis with a four. Mm. Since I have a similar uh, winner, I will just chime in here quickly and say yes, Lewis. But I have a confidence level of two. Here's one thing that I didn't have this information before the podcast, but now that I do, I feel more confident. Lewis's average projected score is 132.2, but his Mm -hmm. average actual score is 155.7. So while his projections appear low, he usually crushes them by about uh, 30 points. So you could just go ahead and say wild things projected for 160. Do you, you know, wouldn't you feel more comfortable if it said 160 to 136? I would say yes. So give me, I would say yes. Okay, me too. <laughs> Listen, what, uh, Lewis doesn't have a defender in there yet either, so he has a defender. He actually might be favored once he does that. Um, in fact, he picked one up today. He hasn't put him in there. He's got at, projected for eight points, so he would be favored. There you um, go. I am terrified of the Josh Allen at Kansas City matchup, honestly. Um, I don't – Kansas City's terrible at defending quarterbacks, and – I think Josh Allen is – this is a statement game for him, in my opinion. Statement game for Josh Allen. He's going to outscore. He's going to be the highest scoring player. The question is, is he going to get 53? <laughs> um, and how bad is it going to be? Because if he gets 53, I lose. If he gets closer to 35, you know, I've got a chance. Um, and 35 is still a great game. And so – I, you know, you combine that with he's got some tough matchups. I don't think Nick Chubb. I think this probably will be Nick Chubb's worst yeah. game. Patriots. Anytime um, you play the Patriots, you can pretty much bet against you hitting your Brees Hall. I think same thing. You know, mm. Saquon scored a late touchdown against the Packers this past week, but otherwise they held Saquon in check for the most part. I think they can probably do the same for Brees. Um, and so I just I like my matchups a little bit more this week. Um, Kyler, I do think will have a good game. He's, he's been okay for me. He hasn't won me any weeks yet. Um, but I think that's coming. It might be this week. And so, um, I might not play Waddle. We'll see. Um, (laughs) he might be coming, going to my bench with Skylar Thompson, but, uh, we've got Mostert is the reason why, but uh, I, I'm going to pick myself with a confidence level of three. Hmm. So that leads us into the next matchup of Double Trouble Bryce versus Team Batman 57, Mike (laughs) Searles. He's already had David Montgomery go, give him 10 points on Thursday. Um, The projection here is 142 to 121 in favor of Bryce. Um, Bryce's team has a lot of tough matchups this week. 
um, with um, Cincinnati against New Orleans. McCaffrey is going against the Rams. Barkley is going against that Baltimore front. Um, I just I don't I I think this could be one of Bryce's lower scoring weeks on the season, um, which he's you know that says a lot because he has the highest lowest score on the year. Um, but he's going against, you know, a bottom team that we've talked about here. And, you know, even if he doesn't meet his projection, I still think he's going to win. And so I've got Bryce with a confidence level of four. Yeah. Give me Bryce. Same level of four. Um, I just don't think my dad's team has enough firepower. That's just, that's just it. It's more of an indictment on my dad. I do think Bryce might struggle, but it's not going to matter. Give me Bryce four points. Yeah, same thing. The only thing that would, you know, that could change that is if uh, Green Bay going up against the Jets, if Aaron Rodgers goes crazy, if Aaron Jones goes crazy, you know, that could make a bit of a difference. But I don't think it'll matter even with the tough matchups for double trouble. Give if, me if Bryce. He four touchdowns to Aaron Jones, he might win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me Bryce. I got a confidence of five. Yeah, that's a good call. I'll give you that. Uh, on to the next one. We've got um, Diggs Enormous in the final countdown. Yeah, this one, not, not going to be close. Uh, I don't think Russell Wilson is playing good quarterback play uh to put it simply uh they're at la uh i think jackson's even conceding that because he went out and got Derek carr while he was on by so that tells you how much confidence he has in russell wilson uh ryan's team is i've had him ranked number one all season he continues to show that the only loss is against a 200 point week by stewart uh We'll see. We'll see. On he's got Ken Walker and Edo Benjamin, so a couple of newbies in the running back uh, position. We'll see if they hold up, uh, but I think he's just got too much at every other position. Uh, give me Ryan. Give me Ryan with a confidence level of five. Yeah, Ryan. Uh, I also have Ryan with a confidence level of five. His his projected score this week is 152. His average projected on the year is actually 158. And that feels right. I feel like this is maybe one of his weaker starting lineups on the year. Some of that's by, some of that's injury related here. Um, but he's actually been the closest of all the teams from his actual projected score to his actual score. Yep. Um, within half a point. <laughs> um, and so, you know, him scoring around 152, you know, that's something that I would kind of predict based on what I'm seeing here and based on what he's done throughout the year. And I think the question to me then becomes, is Jackson going to get there? And I think with Russell Wilson, I just have a heart. He's going to need something from him to, I think, get there. And I don't just, I don't see that happening. Um, I think Ramondre and Diggs could have good games. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I just think Ryan's got more guys who will have the potential of bigger games. So give me Ryan. Yeah, I have Ryan, too, confidence level of six. Um, you know, for Jackson, Joe Mixon's been a bit of a letdown this season, I feel like. Um, I mean, he hasn't been horrible, but he hasn't been great. And then you look on Ryan's side, and you've got Najee Harris, who's been an even bigger letdown than um, 
than Mixon. But then it goes back to what we talked about earlier, where um, Ryan made that trade early to get Dalvin Cook, um, which I think, especially the way Najee's been playing, or been scoring at least, uh, or not scoring, I guess, um, really helps him. Uh, and Dalvin Cook going up against Miami this week, I think um, he may have a monster game. So uh, I definitely think Ryan's going to win. I, I think this will be a tsunami for sure. All right, on to the final matchup, I believe. Uh, we've got Staffel versus Senior. We got a new name in for Senior, the E&E Express <laughs> versus uh, the Mike Staffel is how I read it. Oh, the biggest loser. Okay. Uh, the Biggest Loser versus E&E Express. Sorry, Mike, this is just your worst season in forever. We've got to just relish this moment. Um, Let's see. Uh, Yeah, this is not going to be close. Uh, I've got Senior. Uh, just looking at Mike's team, I, I don't know who I like on that team. Um, I mean, he's starting Hines. He's starting Hines. So give me senior in a landslide. And I saw my reflection in the snow-covered Landslide. All right. That does it for the show. Yeah, David, I think you should probably go next. Um... I'm pulling it up here. So, oh, he forgot. You picked senior. <laughs> yeah, I picked senior with a confidence level of two. So, actually, one of my lower confidence picks on the week. Um, the reason for that is the Mahomes Kelsey stack. I think is going to be limited this week, going up against Buffalo. Um, I just, I don't know if that game is going to be wide open for the Chiefs. Um, in a way that it probably needs to be. Um, but that being said, <laughs> um, Mike's team is is going to have a hard time putting up 130 <laughs> points. Just stop there. Just say 100. Uh, I was trying to get to the number. <laughs> I don't know. Um, putting up 100, maybe. I just I, They're not going to score a lot of points. <laughs> so <laughs> what that is, I don't know. And so give me a senior. I don't feel all that confident given, you know, he's, he's starting Mark Ingram. I mean, that's maybe part <laughs> of my lack of confidence here. Um, but, uh, you know, Mike's starting Naeem Hines. So, yeah. Ingram yeah. or Naeem Hines, who do you have in your lineup? Yeah. <laughs> I think I take empty over yeah. those two, but either way. <laughs> all right. Stuart, just. Go ahead. What, what, so one thing that I learned uh, years ago is never bet against uh, senior when Mahomes and Kelsey are playing. And so um, I'm going out on a limb here tonight. <laughs> uh, feeling a little crazy with my Joey pick and with my Staffel pick, but I am picking Staffel. Confidence level of one, so I don't really think it's going to happen. But... <laughs> You, you got to mix it up, up sometimes. If you if you want a chance to win this thing, uh, you got to mix it up. 
And yeah, so I don't think I'm you do with the one point there. confidence. You know, and they're head to head on the year. Uh, senior would have won four to one. So, yeah. you know, Mike's would have beat him one week. You know, he would have beat him one week. Too. And I think that this might be week two that he would have beat him. So uh, <laughs> give me Staffle. Um, but this one, uh, I'm not I'm not willing to to go any more than confidence level of one. Um, but you never know that uh, Singletary could have a, the game of his life against Kansas City. So we'll wait and mm. see how that goes. Cool. This could yeah, be up there wrong. with the longest show in history. It is, and we need to wrap it up. I think I've got babies to feed. Any uh, parting words? No. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>